0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: Welcome to Living Well with Ann Beale. Our show is a health show, a lifestyle show, and an empowerment show rolled into one. Get ready to hear some stories of success, healthy living tips and suggestions to get motivated and live your best life. Now, here is your host, Ann Beal.
2: Welcome to the show today. I am Ann Beal. And I have a question for you. Have you been diagnosed with any of the above? Autoimmune disorder, a precancerous condition, or a cancerous condition? How about diabetes? Or maybe general anxiety disorder, or just anxiety, or depression, or have you just been told you're overweight? Or nowadays, you can be a little overweight and go to the doctor and be told you're obese, which is a devastating thing to hear. So we want you to listen in today, because I have Carla Rhodes from The Yoga Tree in Azal, Texas, joining me today. And she tells about this wonderful journey of hers to health from all these diagnoses, believe it or not, all of these diagnoses. I don't know if you ever got diagnosed with obesity, though. Was it just overweight? It was just overweight. Just overweight. And how she got back using yoga, nutrition, breathing exercises, meditation, supplements, and just socializing with people so we ask that you stay tuned and listen, and she is going to share her journey so that you too can journey back to health. And she is also a yoga teacher and a yoga specialist and believes in it so much, so it's helped her tremendously. So welcome to the show today, Carla. Thank you for having me. Would you say that yoga saved your life? Yes, we want you to tell us how. I, I have not done, I think I've only done yoga one time. And we know there's lots of yoga crazy people out there because yoga is very in today. But why for you did it save your life?
3: I think there was a difference for me between the fitness aspect and the wellness aspect with yoga. So when I discovered um, yoga, it was um, it was a, I was in a position where I was basically dying <laughs> And I didn't know that I was dying, but, um, I was in search of something that would make me feel somewhat alive again and normal again. So when I actually, uh, found yoga online, I actually Googled, um, different ways to, um, take care of my own anxiety and my own depression without using medications. And, um, it was, it was just, amazing to find that I could stretch. They could stretch your body. My body (laughs) and breathe. (laughs) And that that would change a lot of what was going on in my head, all of the chaos that was happening in my mind. So when I found it, it wasn't so much I wanted to lose the weight. I wasn't really concerned about my weight at that point. I didn't know. I didn't really see the link between the weight and the anxiety, I was just wanting to
2: get that anxiety to go away. So the anxiety for you was not your whole life. And I think there are people that struggle with it since the time they're small. Or they, they are very aware that they, when they think back, that they worried and worried and um, that, it, <clears throat> that it impaired their, their life. Mm-hmm. But for you, it really didn't hit you hard until you were pregnant. Was it during the pregnancy or after? It was during the pregnancy. Um, we
3: First of all, we were not expecting uh, to to get pregnant. <laughs> and I think that happens a lot. Yeah, you know? it happens a lot. Yeah. And um, actually, I was born premature, and my organs were not developed completely. So one of the organs that, that wasn't developed was my uterus, and then the second was my heart, and the third was my lungs. So I had a lot of... Um, doctors and specialists checking me out when I was a baby. I was a little bit over two pounds when I was born, and it took me about six or seven months to get out of the hospital. Um, So once I was out, the doctors did tell my mom that I had to keep going back to get my uterus checked as I was growing because there was an issue there. And um, they said that I may or may not be able to carry a baby or, or get pregnant for that matter. So I never thought that I was going to be able to get pregnant. And how hard was it? Um, well, we weren't trying, (laughs) right? That's what I was thinking. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, um, we had been together for about two years at that point. And, um, when I did get pregnant, I had three, uh, miscarriage warnings, So I had not been to the hospital and I was about to lose the baby
2: three times. So that would cause fear. Yes. So you had a lot of other fearful things happen during your pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Yes. After, um, The
3: baby was fine. Then they started saying there wasn't room in my uterus, so the baby wasn't really growing, wasn't able to grow properly. So a lot of the limbs could be either attached to each other or just very, very crammed where the bones would not develop properly. Um, So then when they started to see that the baby wasn't developing, they thought, well, Maybe it's also because the baby has Down syndrome or other reasons why, you know, the baby wasn't forming correctly. Um, but for sure, the baby had clubbed feet and a hole in the heart and other problems, some issues with the brain and that kind of thing that they were seeing.
2: Did any of those things actually happen? No. Okay. That's what I-
3: well, the only thing that happened was he was born with clubbed feet. Um, So he did have to have um, three surgeries um, when he was very, very young. He was about um, three weeks when he had his first surgery for the clubbed feet. But the Down syndrome didn't happen. The Down syndrome did not happen, no. But it was very, very scary for us to have a three-week-old baby having to go through a surgery for his feet. So that was the very first thing that we had to, as parents, go through at very early stage. So just at three weeks, handing your baby to a surgery table is very, very hard Goodness. to go through.
2: Because you don't want your baby to go through any pain no. whatsoever. And I've had people that say they almost have a panic attack from them trying to take blood from their feet when they do their babies. Mm-hmm. So they had to do some I wonder what they did. Do you know what they did to the Yes, feet? They,
3: they cut. The very first surgery that they did when he was three weeks was just to snip the tendon that's in the back of the foot um, to make the foot come outward. Um, because when clubbed feet, clubbed feet are right. going inward, and they were all the way in, almost connected to each other. Both of the feet were connected to each other. So when they snipped the tendon, they make the feet go outward, and then they casted the, the feet all the way up to the knees, For about six weeks and every every, once a week we had to change the bandages and the cast and they would open the feet wider and wider and wider until the feet were all the way open. Wow. Yeah. And then for three years after that, we had to put orthopedic shoes on him. So he had to have them 24 hours a day, every day with a bar, with a pancetti bar that goes in between the, the shoes. That little boy right there?
2: That is amazing because you sure can't tell it all. No, no. So that is what really started all that. It makes sense. You would be so anxious. How about your husband? Did he have trouble?
3: Um, he was not as anxious as me. I think it all just kind of stems back from, uh, having an unhealthy childhood for me. And I had been bottling up emotions, uh, things that I thought I had gone through or been over. Um, I was just bottling up in there. And so the thing, uh, This, what happened with my son, was just pushing the button to trigger
2: all of that anxiety
3: to come back.
2: Well, and people who do turn their emotions inward, and I mean the bad emotions, because they don't want to harm people. And they've seen a lot of unhealthy handling of anger, um, and they don't want to do that. And so they're such good people, um, really kind, caring people, and they turn it inward, so that and they keep it in, basically, they keep it in and the body does start breaking down, and the longer that you do that, there is a point that tips the bucket right, and so that and I can see how this would truly do it and add even a little more than that right and so the with the anxiety just all of a sudden that because and, 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 you know you can be worried and you can be stressed because you did have an immense amount of stress, and it not get to anxiety, you can just worry and obsess and but there Anxiety is very different, and it truly physically starts affecting the body. Mm -hmm. So for you, were you shaking? Were you having breathing? What was happening to you? I was having panic attacks to the point where I thought I was going to stop breathing. So can you explain it for people that haven't had a panic attack? Yes.
3: Um, I could be just talking to my husband about finances. And then all of a sudden, I just, my heart would start beating really quickly. I would start sweating and uncontrollably and shaking uncontrollably, involuntary shaking, and uh, just start gasping for breath. And my husband would get so afraid that sometimes he would want, ask me, Do I need to call an ambulance? Do I need to take you to the ER? You know, but I couldn't talk to him. I was just shaking and couldn't stop. So I remember him sitting in front of me and saying, Saying, take a deep breath in, slow down your breath, take a deep breath in. And he would normally calm me down like that, just guiding me. And he never had any type of training in breathing or anything. But he could tell that my
2: issue was that I just couldn't breathe at that point. So did he not learn some of the breathing for the labor for pregnancy? We never did that. Oh, we well, we You know what, yeah. it's funny because it sounds like almost like he did. And, and it is such great training for stress. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why they teach it. To pregnant women, and spouses often now, they have different kinds that they do. But just the breathing itself is so important to, you know, bringing that anxiety down. Mm -hmm. From there, you reached out. How did you even know, oh, you went to the doctor? I remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well,
3: when when I was driving my son to the doctor to get his... um, Either feet checked or his heart. He also had a slight heart problem. So we had to go often to the doctor. And I noticed that when I was driving, I was always fearful that either a car was going to hit me. I couldn't really drive next to a big truck, even a van, because it would scare me that that car was going to hit me. Like I was always fearful that I was going to be in a car accident. And then, um, I could not go over a bridge. I had to call my husband to reroute me. (laughs) And if he couldn't reroute me, I had to call and cancel my doctor appointment and find another doctor (laughs) that was closer, and I didn't have to go over a bridge.
2: And lots of people end up not getting help, not realizing they don't know where it came from, and they become very debilitated because they relate, if I go over that bridge... I had anxiety when I went over that bridge last time, so now I'm not going to go over that bridge again or I'll get in a panic attack. But really, it's not the bridge. It's just the body. It, it does it randomly, but if you connect it with your mind, that that causes it. you know. So you stop. You start going over the bridge. You stopped what? Going in traffic?
3: I stopped going in traffic. Mm-hmm. I couldn't drive to Fort Worth or any large city where there was more than a couple cars on the road because I could not handle it.
2: And it is amazing how a totally functional person and a very successful person something can happen to them and then this kind of stuff starts. And and people, you know, people that love you are like, "What happened?" you know? And so that is when you decided to get medicine or go to the doctor.
3: Yes, I decided to go to the doctor at that point because my anxiety was incredibly high and I I got to the point where I almost felt that I couldn't even join my husband and my son in a restaurant because I was always nervous that something was going to happen or people would scare me. I'm just so glad that you reached out for help. So you did go and they prescribed medicine? Yes, I went to a mental health doctor and I actually saw three different doctors. Uh, The first doctor said that I should probably just, I was so young that, he just wanted me to relax, breathe, <laughs> and you know just try to handle it on my own without prescribing anything, but you 'd already tried that yes that 's why it didn 't work, yes, no. okay, and then the second doctor that I saw um it was a lady doctor, and she finally said, okay, well, you have general anxiety disorder, and she diagnosed me with that. And they prescribed me with um, Xanax, which is an anti-anxiety medication. And then the third doctor that I saw said, you also have major depression, so I'm going to give you an antidepressant and then that that same doctor that prescribed me those that medication when I came back in two weeks he said you know I'm also going to prescribe you this mood stabilizer on top of that so that was three three medications okay and these doctors are they are all in the same practice they yeah. were all for yeah from the same practice. So each time you went, you got more medicine. More medicine. Uh-huh. Okay. And I started to take the anti-anxiety medication. I took that for three days. And and that was
2: the Xanax. The right? Xanax,
3: and I just was sleeping a lot. I couldn't function. I was too tired to do anything. But you weren't stressed. that You were not. I a wasn't panic. stressed out, but I was very very tired, and so that did not work for me because I couldn't take care of my son. He was very, very little at the time, and so, you know, moms need energy. Right. It's the opposite. I had no energy. I had to stay in bed, and so, you know, either my mom or my husband's mom would help with my son for those couple of days that I couldn't do anything.
2: It just sounds like you were more functional the other way without it. Yeah. Okay.
3: Or somewhat, at least, you know, without having to be knocked out on a bed. At least you could take care of him at home, right? Yes. And then I tried, okay, I said, I'm not gonna do the Xanax anymore, but let me see what this mood stabilizer does for me. I wasn't too sure about mixing everything at one time because Mm -hmm. I had never had any type of medication like this before. So on my own, I said, okay, I'm going to try this one, see what that one does. And then I'm going to try this one and see what that one does and then figure out, okay, which one is the one that works or can I combine them now? Um, so then I took the mood stabilizer and my jaw was shaking. So you really were smart. Yeah. And I could hear like buzzing in my ears and just different sounds coming from nowhere just in my mind yeah ringing sounds and I did that for two days and I got really really scared of what this could do long term because then you read the side effect you read the side effects of all this yes I looked up the side effects of all this medication and it terrified me yeah it terrified me to the point that I just never took any of those pills again I just got online and started searching natural ways to um, take care of anxiety or natural ways to take care of depression and everything thing was pointing to yoga, so that 's how I discovered uh, that yoga was helpful for all these things, and just stretching and breathing can help you. I had never ever exercised in my life, so i I, I had no idea that yoga was a form of
2: exercise. I just thought, well, I hate to work out so <laughs> <laughs> well in yoga you know it 's amazing that such a simple thing can do so much, and yoga's been around a very long time and for you to find that out, that everything pointed to yoga in your research. And and also, you learned there were things to teach you how to breathe instead of the doctor just saying breathe. I mean, you're like, okay, I'm breathing, like, right now. Like, it's not helping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you had a way of learning this. So you actually ordered a video? Yes, I found a video, and her
3: name's Elena Brower, and it, she – just spoke to me in her picture like she looks so peaceful and I saw her picture and I thought I want to be her I want to be looking peaceful like that I just want to be in that picture you know she's by the beach and you know just very relaxed and I thought I want to be her one day and I started with her video when I was 230 pounds So I did it by myself alone in my living room. And, of course, I was very self-conscious of my own body, even there alone, going, wow, this is, you know, I'm very fat to be doing this, but I still kept going. And it was just a 30-minute a.m. video in the morning and then a 30-minute evening time. And I was doing both, so an hour a day. And I did that for almost a year, just same video every day. And it was 30 minutes in the morning and 30 30 minutes minutes in the evening. Yes. And after about just two or three weeks, I started to feel a lot better. Um, The very first time I could go over a bridge without shaking was three weeks after I had been doing that video. And I didn't have to panic or take another route or call my husband and freak out. I just was able to do it. And that was a big accomplishment for me because it had been many, many years that I was not able to handle just driving over a bridge. And that's a simple thing. Like, everybody should be
2: able to do that, but I just could not do that. When I have people, when they go the medication route, um, by the time they come to me, they have been taking medicine anywhere from six months to a year, and they still can't do any of that. You know, they they still avoid it. They The only way they can do it is if they're really drugged up, but it's not solving the problem too much. The antidepressant can over, over about a year, you know, um, or some sometimes six months, but in your case, you did it in three weeks, mm-hmm. and you aren't medicated. No, you learned coping skills and other tools to use, which is amazing. It's almost like you should call that first back doctor back and go. Well, you were on the right track, but you got to give them something. Yes, and so how about a yoga video? Or they have breathing exercise videos now too, mm-hmm. which you learn that in yoga. Though they have you breathe the whole time through it.
3: Yes. Um, one of the most important things that I learned in yoga is that a lot of us, when we have anxiety, we hold our breath. Either we hold our breath or we breathe too shallow and too quick. We don't exhale properly. We hold a lot of that exhale in. Mm-hmm. So over time, if you're not exhaling properly, you're holding a lot of CO2 in your body. You're building up a lot of CO2 which is toxin and that causes anxiety because your body's acidic and your body is in stress is under stress and trying to get rid of that acidity trying to bring balance back and so that does cause anxiety in the in the mind in the brain because the body's like what's going on here
2: Cause it's, so it's not getting enough oxygen. Right. It's, getting the, it's just holding in. Holding in the CO2. That's crazy. And it is amazing, though, that that is what happens. I mean, I see people when I'm trying, they'll just be sitting there and I'll go, sit back, relax, mm-hmm. breathe. Because they'll be sitting up real tight, you know, or they'll be, you know, um, their lips will be squished together. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, or holding tension in their jaw. Mm-hmm. Or their hands will be real tight. I'll see them, you know, this, or they'll be doing something. And I'll say, just sit back, relax breathe mm-hmm. you know and it's amazing what that does um and so for you yoga got you on that road to recovery and you you saw it worked you had to have to keep it up you know i've had people order videos and they'll do them for a little bit but they don't keep it up and the difference for you is it was saving your life
3: i was determined because it was it was taking a toll in my relationship with my husband It was taking a toll in every relationship. I was losing friends. I was upset with my in-laws and my parents and my brother and sister. And, like, everybody was just triggering my anger and my anxiety. So I just blamed everybody for what was happening to me. And I didn't want to see or talk to anybody. So I really had no life. Right. I had no life at all. So I wanted to get my life back. I was very, very young. I was 22. And I didn't want to, I didn't feel 22. I felt like I was in my 90s about to die, you know, and I didn't want to feel that way anymore. I wasn't living my life properly. And I think that discovering breath was my very, very first step to healing, knowing that I was holding my breath, knowing that I wasn't exhaling properly, knowing that In my entire 22 years of life, I had never taken a proper
2: breath, ever. So much of of medical is getting away from simple, simple things, and that is a simple thing. So really, that first doctor was right. He just didn't tell you how or anything. So it would have felt almost like shaming or condescending or something, even though really he didn't know that most people don't know how to breathe. You know, if if you're having trouble with that, because you can see that in people that when they're having anxiety, you know, breathing's just natural, so you don't really think about it. It's not like you think about how you breathe normally, and so when you start having anxiety, you wouldn't realize you changed your breathing, and um, so for the medical field, often. They go straight to medicine mm-hmm. instead of simple things, so yoga for you. And you mentioned something to me about Dagmar Springs. Now, what? Is that a person or is that a place? That is a person. It's a person.
3: Yes. Um, well, after I, I got a little tired of just one video after a while, you know, I thought, well, I need to go ahead and find somebody else to... Um, practice my yoga with, you know, take a step further into this yoga practice. And I found uh, Dagmar Springberg. She had videos online, which are now free and accessible on YouTube. And um, she's just a beautiful person. And I love the way she teaches yoga. So calm and relaxing and the way she cues the breathing throughout her practice was beautiful so I practiced with her
2: and her videos for a while also and, and was it not hard being 230 pounds now to do the stretching or the leaning or the twisting or it, it was very hard oh it was hard yes it was the hardest thing I felt like a giant
3: whale trying to just move and and I couldn't I really couldn't I mean I, it wasn't graceful at all and you didn't have to be though because it helped No, because at that point, like I said, I wasn't concerned about the weight. I didn't really link the being overweight with the anxiety and all of the other stuff. I just thought, well, I just need to
2: stretch and breathe. But the depression could have been, that could have, so the Dagmar, Dagmar Springberg, Mm -hmm. Springberg? Spring, yeah, Springberg. How do you spell that? Yeah, it's
3: a... It's uh, S-P-R-E-M-B-E-R-G. Okay, Spremberg.
2: Okay. Was it more difficult and did it affect you? Yes, it was
3: a harder practice and she's very thin, very fit. So it was hard. It was challenging for me, but I think that's what I liked about it, that it was a challenge. And I had already been challenged with uh, anxiety and all of these things mm-hmm. were a challenge to me to overcome. So I wanted to be challenged now with the yoga practice. So what else can I do to challenge myself? Um, because I read something that said, uh, what doesn't challenge you doesn't change you. And that kind of stuck with me after I read that. I thought, okay, well, now I need a challenge because I felt like I hit a plateau after doing a year of the same video. I thought, well, you know, I'm feeling really good, but not as good as I felt the first time. And I always thought, "Well, what do you do when you go back to the doctor and you tell them, "Hey, that high blood pressure medicine's really not working anymore?" Then they give you more of it." Mm-hmm. They up the dose. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, well I need to up my dose of my yoga practice. I think it's about that time to up the dose, And that's what happened is I just change it to something more challenging. And were you losing weight? I was. At this point, I had lost about 20
2: pounds. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. So, with the upping the yoga or the the uh, effort of the yoga, mm-hmm. that would clearly start taking more weight off. Yes, and I know that at this point, is when your losing weight journey really got. Got started. Started Mm -hmm. um, after you're doing the Dagmar Sprember. Mm -hmm. Now, for people who would like to reach you um, and your yoga studio or have questions for you or come hear you speak, can you fill us in where they can do that? Mm -hmm.
3: Yes. If you're on Facebook, you can go to Facebook.com slash Happy Tree Yoga for you. It's the number four in the letter U. Or you can email me at uh, Happy Tree Yoga for all, the number four, A-L-L at gmail.com. Or you can also find us in Azle, Texas on Main Street. We're at
2: 404 Main Street, uh, Suite 200. And that is just north of Fort Worth and Lake Worth? Yes. And at a beautiful lake. Well, two lakes, Eagle Mountain Lake and Lake Worth. Mm-hmm. So happy okay. tree yoga. So we're going to take a break right now. And when we get back, Carla is going to move into her, what, what she calls, well, the weight loss for sure, and addiction recovery and the illnesses that she got diagnosed with. And if you've ever read the book, Deadly Emotions, I would encourage you to do that out there. You can see how these emotions over time, the longer you stuff them, can lead to a lot of illnesses, which happened to her. And we're going to go through all these diagnoses and how she recovered from all of them and what she still struggles with and how she's still successful. So hang here. We'll be right back with Living Well. Living Well.
0: Life Solutions Coaching and Counseling in Fort Worth, Texas, is a full-service wellness clinic providing individual, group, and family counseling, one-on-one coaching for life and wellness, and naturopathic treatments of medical massage therapy combined with essential oils to ensure you reach your health and wellness goals. Sessions are available in person or by phone. Get started on your new life today. Just call 817-232-1363 or go to lifesolutionscoachingandcounseling.com or email them at lifesolutions cc at
1: yahoo.com can you think of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person What makes you a success? Is it your business or career? Is it your family and social life? How do you achieve the next level in your success? Tune in to Infinite Success Radio with host Rachel O'Brien Eddy. Rachel and her amazing guests are here to encourage, inspire, and empower you to take control of your destiny and achieve the level of success you were born to reach. How do ordinary people become extraordinary? Find out with Infinite Success Radio, broadcasting live every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Most of us have experienced the loss of a
0: loved one, be it a friend or family member. There are all kinds of questions and
1: emotional pain that we go through, but you can move on. Listen for From Morning to Morning with Rabbi Mel Glazer. It doesn't matter what faith you are, or if you even have no faith, you are sure to find meaning in Rabbi Mel's words and personal experience, as well as that of his guests. From Morning to Morning airs live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Living Well with Ann Beal. We'd love to hear from you with comments and questions about the show. Please send us an email to ablivingwell at gmail.com. That's ablivingwell at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show.
2: Welcome back. I'm Ann Beal, and I'm joined by Carla Rhodes from Happy Tree Yoga in Azle, Texas. And we are talking about her recovery from panic attacks, anxiety, depression, being 230 pounds, and she's small. So if you saw her, it's hard to believe that she was 230 pounds. And many diagnoses she'd been diagnosed with, autoimmune disorder, precancerous condition, diabetes, general anxiety disorder, depression. Okay, we'll stop there. I think that's all, right? (laughs) And um, just her journey. So right now, she was telling us she had lost 20 pounds from doing two different videos. First, the basic video was, what was her name? Elena Brower. Elena Brower. Now, how do you spell Brower? B-R-O-W-E-R. Now I'm sure Elena Brower is on YouTube now. Yes. But she started with videos, just simple, basic yoga, just stretching and breathing. Mm-hmm. And then you went to Dagmar Spramberg. Yes. S-B-R-E-M-B-E-R-G. Uh-huh. And that was a little more challenging. Yes. And so that's where we are now. And you've lost 20 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know the key for you, which we want to get to, um, the yoga and the breathing was huge mm-hmm. instead of medicine. Yes. Because of all the side effects you found out quickly. Um, and so in three weeks, you were doing amazing things just by doing the yoga, the breathing. and um, But you talked about the importance of getting over food addiction, mm-hmm. letting go of guilt, anxiety, fear, physical pain. Mm-hmm. I would think those might lead to physical pain. So letting go of this is very important. Um, but you also had some other addictions. Did they come from you trying to calm the anxiety? Like you said, I think you said alcohol.
3: Well, I always struggled with um, just substance abuse and alcohol abuse. Just substance abuse. Well, well, um, to me, it's just very, very hard to um, express my emotions when I'm sad. I like to always be happy or smiling. I like that, too. And um, I just didn't want other people to know that I was feeling really, really sad inside. You know, something was empty in there. And I wanted to be happier on other people, so I would have a couple of drinks before I went out to see friends or whatever. And, and a couple of drinks then became, you know, martinis and just straight liquor. And, right. you know, and I was trying to numb that part of me that I was scared. I was very fearful and i didn't want to show it. i wanted to feel like i was comfortable in my own skin and my own body. right. and that led to, you know, other using other drugs. and and that was very very hard for me to to recover from that because i knew that i was i was addicted and it wasn't just one drug.
2: i was using a lot of different drugs and they were all calming you because a, a lot of people get that have anxiety or even mild anxiety. They get. They think of it as nervous. Well, when they're younger, and if they find alcohol or marijuana, they, they they realize that for them, they feel. You know, if you have one drink or one glass of wine, you feel more normal. Like what you think other people kind of like what you see other people act like yes. you think oh I I'm I, you feel relaxed yes. you're you're not as worried and your brain's not scaring you to death yes and um and so eventually you'll have two because you didn't have the same effect so you know you'll end up having two instead of one mm-hmm. um, and that is pretty much how all alcoholics become alcoholics, mm-hmm. even though we don't use that term anymore. We call it alcohol-dependent. But they, they, it's that. They're trying to, and they're usually pretty gifted people, so their brain is just working, 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 and it scares them to death. Mm-hmm. And so they find it slows down with alcohol and some marijuana. Um, and so it's tough, though, because it's such a gifted brain. And you're putting that on there. With yoga, though, you were finding other ways of dealing with that.
3: Yes, I knew that um, with the yoga practice was the way for me to recover and not fall back into addiction. I was never really a user for for a long period of time or many, many years in a row. I would use off and on. Um, But then when I started researching, again, the effects of either long-term alcohol abuse or the use of medications and the use of all these other things, again, I got scared and I didn't want to make my body sicker. I knew I was really, really sick already. So I didn't want to either make my mind or my body more sick. Right. So then I knew that if I was doing something helpful like the yoga, then I would be able to not fall back into smoking cigarettes or drinking, you know, my martinis. Or I knew that, if I felt fearful, I could go to my mat or do some breathing exercises before going out to a meeting with friends or going out to a party. When I was feeling anxiety and stress, then I knew my mat was there and not so much the alcohol or the pills or whatever um, substances were making me feel better. Uh, my mat replaced all of that.
2: You know, and I, women can, um, with hormone issues, become irritable. And it's anxiety actually, but they, they just become nice people at home with their spouses or their kids. And so they're always looking for something to help, right? And so they can get stuck in that rut. They'll say, I just had a glass of wine to calm down um, or to help me sleep or just so I can get some sleep or whatever it is. And they're reaching out, trying to find something to feel better. And um, men can have anger issues. And it And you struggled with that before you found the yoga, just the irritability from the anxiety and wanting to not harm people. Mm-hmm. And so for you yoga did that for you.
3: Yes, yes, I had everything from anger to anxiety. Um it was it was very very sad to like I said I've I've lost relationships with friends. I've almost lost the relationship with my husband
2: from just not being able to control my anger and my anxiety. So the food addiction, how did you cuz that's harder cuz let's say you got all the drugs and I'll call out of your house. Um, and you're doing yoga, you still have food in the house. Yes,
3: and that's what started replacing everything else. So ah. I'm thinking, okay, the yoga's doing great, I'm, I'm doing awesome, but there's still that one thing that was I'm, I was addicted to, which was food. Um, at nighttime, when everybody was sleeping, that was my time to be with my food. <laughs> so I would go to the pantry and find whatever I could find that would make me feel comfortable and happy, and I would eat, and I would eat. I mean, it could be two, three bags of chips. It could be Twinkies or, you know, whatever food that I knew was bad for me. I yeah. would still
2: eat it and then feel the guilt. God, that just drives the depression, right? So what did you do instead? Did you still get up? Yes.
3: I Well, I, I read, up? I read something that said when you're hungry in the middle of the night and you're craving your food— drink a glass of water. If you're still hungry, drink another glass of water and then see how you feel and then try to go back to sleep. Well, I started doing that and it worked because I read that when your body tells you that you're hungry, you're also thirsty. The same hormone that controls thirst controls hunger. So sometimes your body's actually telling you that you're dehydrated and you need water, but your body says, okay, I'm hungry and I need food. So you really don't know the difference. So that's why a lot of doctors say drink water first. And then if you're still hungry, then that really means that you're hungry. So it worked, and I just started replacing the chips and the Twinkies with water. Now, sometimes the when it didn't work, I just didn't buy that junk anymore. I just knew that if I went to my pantry and tried to eat something, I didn't find anything. And then I would open my fridge and see kale and carrots. I didn't want that. No. <laughs> I didn't want that at that time. And they were in there, and that's yeah. amazing. They yeah. just were lonely <laughs> <laughs> and cold because you weren't getting them out. So then again, I'm like, okay, well, all I have is water. And, of course, I would be upset that I don't really want this right now. I want something sweet. But I would just drink my water and that would satisfy me enough to go back to sleep. And so that's kind of how I started my journey into breaking away from my food addiction. But. It kind of took over a little bit because all I could think about was food. Like, it could be, I could be working teaching yoga, and I'm like, I can't wait to finish teaching so that I can go and eat my sandwich or whatever. Yeah,
2: always looking forward to the meal. Yes. yes. And I think that a lot of people are like that. Now, I know one of the times you told me that you got up and you did yoga Mm -hmm. in the middle of the night. Yes,
3: I've done that too.
2: And that was at the calm yoga? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, just real calm. Yes, yeah, very relaxing.
3: Um, sometimes when I wake up in the middle of the night, I'll do some stretching. Um I was going through a period where I was getting a lot of nightmares and just things that would scare me in my sleep, and I couldn't go back to sleep, so I started using a breathing exercise that I uh, learned, which is an inhale breath for a count of four, and then holding the breath for a count of seven, and exhaling for a count of eight, and I saw that on the news on TV um, not too long ago, and it was also on the radio, so that breath is getting really popular for stress relief. It's a stress relief breath and I would just do it maybe five, six rounds of that, and that would
2: put me back in the mood to going back to sleep. So really, water and breathing solved a lot of your eating problems yes. then. Mm-hmm. that Because I would think if you got up in the middle of the night, there's not a lot to do. And so the first thing you would think of is food. Mm-hmm. And that way, you change that thinking. And I know a lot of people are glad to know it's that simple and so i just encourage everyone to try that mm-hmm. now when did you find out all the diagn- like all these illnesses when did you find out you had those um, I found out because I, when
3: I was about 14 years old, I had braces put in and they said that I had two cavities in my top molars and they put mercury fillings in. So, um, I was having some bleeding in my gums and things like that. And I went to the dentist and he said, um, when is the last time you got your teeth clean? And I said, I've never done that. I've never gotten a cleaning. And he said, well, that's really bad. (laughs) And my parents didn't really take me. They weren't really believers of like dental hygiene and all that kind of stuff. So they didn't really support that. So I never knew that you had to get a cleaning like once a year or twice a year or whatever. So he's like, okay, well, first things first, let's get you a cleaning. So we did that. And he said, you know, this can cause a lot of health issues, not knowing that there's all these bacteria in your mouth. (laughs) And so that was step number one. After I got my cleaning I felt really, really sick. I had heart palpitations. I had all these issues, stomach discomfort. And uh, so I went back to the dentist and I said, hey, you know, something's going on. Was it something you did or was it something that uh, I had already? You know, let's kind of connect the dots here. He said, well, let me check your mercury fillings. And I noticed that my mercury fillings or he noticed that my mercury fillings were chipped. So I had been ingesting mercury for years. And that made me really, really sick. So I think he his theory was that because I was ingesting mercury, the mercury was in my organs causing inflammation or autoimmune disorders and that type of thing.
2: So that hadn't happened. You didn't notice anything until you got your teeth cleaned. So the cleaning somehow had to have disturbed the mercury if it was already cracked. Yes. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Isn't it crazy that they put mercury in our mouths? Mm-hmm. You know, and I get... I'm freaked out about the mercury in the light bulbs. I mean, I've had so many people have illnesses from mercury that, for me, I freaked out when they put, say, they were mercury in the light bulbs. I'm like, I don't want mercury in my house. I don't want it anywhere near me, right? People are like, oh, you're such a crazy person. And I thought, you just haven't seen what I've seen. So, what happened to you with the mercury affected all your organs? Yes,
3: yes. I had joint pain. I had organ inflammation. I had muscle pain, anxiety again, and high blood pressure. And my uh, diabetes, which I had before, I had borderline diabetes, my my blood sugar levels were unstable, and I was having uh, diabetes kept coming up in my blood work. So all of these things that I thought were handled with all the things that
2: I was doing came back just from that mercury exposure. And it's not that much. That's what's crazy. I mean, your cavities are not very big, right? Mm-hmm. And so there was barely any in there, but barely any is so dangerous. Yes, yes. There is no
3: safe level of mercury. No. So even a little tiny piece, it, it's the smallest... Of pieces can make you really, really sick. Mm -hmm. Um, So I noticed that my depression came back, my anxiety came back, all the things that I had already worked through were back. And I actually felt so sick that I was almost bedridden for two or three weeks. I couldn't move. I was telling my friends and my family goodbye. I had a talk with my husband to take care of my son when I was gone. And I was just basically saying that this was it for me. I knew that it was it because I was feeling very, very tired, very weak. I didn't want to deal with it anymore.
2: Uh, my thoughts were just, you know, this is, uh, you're done. You felt really, really bad. Yes. So th- they, uh, they diagnosed you with an autoimmune? They uh,
3: diagnosed me with mercury poisoning and autoimmune disorder okay. um, caused by
2: the mercury. So, did you try to remove the mercury? Yes, I got the mercury fillings uh, removed, and uh, that made me more sick. Yeah, they, you saw my face. I was a little worried. Yes. Yeah, because it, it's very, it's like catch-22, isn't it? You really, even people that supposedly know what they're doing can cause trouble if they're not, if they make it the littlest mistake. Yes, well, when
3: I got my mercury fillings removed, they noticed that, or actually, I noticed that there was white, spots in my tongue, and there were little growths. So it, it kind of looked like a little tiny tumor. You know, you could kind of see that. And, and I went to get checked out by an oncologist that was specialist in mouth and throat. And they took a pathology sample. And when it came back, the doctor said uh, it was a precancerous condition called leukoplakia. And they wanted me to see a chemo specialist for chemo mouthwash that would kill the cancer cells that were being formed in my tongue. Now, did you read the side effects of that? I did. <laughs> I yeah. did, and so I never called. Yeah, the, the chemo now, see, person. Mo- most
2: people just trust doctors. They don't. They don't read. Mm-hmm. If you read, I mean, it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you did not do that. So no. you said no, thank
3: you. No. No. So I started to research selenium and I started taking selenium because selenium binds with mercury and it will release it through your body, either in the urine or the stool. So selenium is one of the best sources to remove heavy metals from your body,
2: but in particular, mercury. Exactly. Um, Gerhard Schrauser, which I just showed you the book, on selenium, who discovered selenium. I mean, it, it is amazing. Um, and, and he calls it, you know, he's German, so his selenium. Um, but it's S-E-L-E-N-I-U-M, mm-hmm. selenium. And how much did you take to get it out of your system? I took 10 pills a day mm-hmm. and for five bottles. So. And that is, and I looked that up because I know that I take 100 milligram capsules for a day but if you have an illness of some kind they recommend nine to ten of those capsules so you were probably taking almost a thousand mm-hmm. until you got better until i got better to yeah. get it out okay for mercury poisoning
3: they normally suggest that you take five bottles of 90 capsules per bottle
2: amazing mm-hmm. i mean how long did it take a couple months it, that is not very long you're like a couple months but when you're feeling like you did so you, after a couple of months, what did you feel like?
3: I felt my energy started to come back, and um, I felt I did a lot of other things, cleanses, and that's when I started to really change my diet. I mean, that's, that was like a wake-up call for me to really change the way that I was eating. That was my very first step. I was already eating somewhat healthy. But it wasn't healthy, really. I mean, I thought it was healthy, but I think that what we think is healthy now is not really as healthy as we think. No, and
2: I'm having um, uh, Curtis Ellis and, uh, you know, Curtis and Ian are the two guys that made the video, the documentary King Corn. And it's all about corn and what's happened to our corn. And they follow it where it goes and what it's put in. And it's in everything. And it isn't real, mm-hmm. you know. And so, and of course, corn syrup, you know, how bad it is for us. But they were their whole documentary is like basically don't eat it. <laughs> I mean, don't eat it. Um, and they made, you know, they grew the corn. And then they couldn't eat it. It's mm-hmm. not edible. You have to, the only, they said here, it has to be processed mm-hmm. to be any good. And oh my gosh, and I don't know if you ever, when you were growing up, grabbed a corn off a stalk and ate it. It's good. Mm-hmm. So you can't do that nowadays. And so it's just amazing. People try to eat well based on what they've learned, but our food is very different now. Mm-hmm. And so you found that out. Yes, I found that out. But
3: then I I started to feel different. Um, I started feeling fluttering in my stomach and fluttering under my skin and crawling sensations when I was trying to go to bed. So I got... um, diagnosed with a parasite infestation which was caused by the mercury poisoning because apparently parasites really like mercury (laughs) i did not know that yeah they really like to eat mercury so if there's any parasites in your body and you have mercury poisoning they reproduce a lot faster
2: and they say and it's kind of creepy but they say that most people have some kind of parasite though it may be they're microscopic right Mm -hmm. um through water or whatever yes you know that and and just because they haven't inflamed throughout your body doesn't mean they're not not there, yeah. and they do have a parasite cleanse and i and I know that you talk about was it what is the company that you really like their supplements a lot swanson 's vitamins swanson 's vitamins dot com S-W-A-N-S-O-N-S mm-hmm. um, Swansonsvitamins.com mm-hmm. and those are the supplements that you were recommended by the naturopathic doctor.
3: Yes, and that and G-N-L-D.com which is they call them the golden vitamins and it's a company based in California and the guy that actually uh, founded that company is Arthur First and he had a protocol for
2: a cancer treatment with those vitamins. And that's capital G, capital E. N capital L capital D Mm -hmm. dot com, G-N-L-D. And those saved your life at that point.
3: Yes. Yes. That's what I had to do to to get my life back. And, And still today, I struggle with my autoimmune disorder and my parasite infestation. It has not been taken care of properly. Doctors just really don't know how to help you with this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I've been to many, many doctors and all they can do is diagnose me, but they can't heal me. So it's been a journey to try to heal myself. And the most important part is to stay calm. And the best part now is that I am so into my practice, into my yoga practice and my breathing and my meditation. That even if there's chaos in my body, I don't let it affect my mind.
2: Yes. And, you know, you can tell how centered and peaceful you are. Um, I see you a lot. And we have a talk tomorrow at the coffee shop. and And I'm... Um, are you sharing this stuff tomorrow uh-huh. at Java Express mm-hmm. in Azle, Texas? And just to give the community the information mm-hmm. that you've learned, um, so you did a parasite cleanse from Swanson's mm-hmm. vitamins dot com and mm-hmm. a candida cleanse. Is that what you did? Mm-hmm. Yes. So for you, you still struggle, but it's a hundred times better because you are. Ne- I don't see you bedridden. I don't see you. I mean, you're teaching classes all the time.
3: Mm-hmm. I'm not a hundred percent. Okay. I-, I look and 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 you can probably. Think that I'm 100% because that's the way that I appear. Right. But I still have issues. I mean, I, I, I have pain. I live with pain, uh, joint pain, muscle pain, and uh, my bladder always has infections from the parasite infestation. So it's really hard for me to go to the bathroom and that kind of thing. I, I go to the bathroom 100 times a day, and then it's even hard for me to empty my bladder at times. So, I mean, it, it's, I struggle a lot. But I'm peaceful and and I'm happy because I know that if I start to dwell over that physical part of my body that's in pain or that's infected or whatever then I'm just going to make it worse. If I stay positive about it and say I know that I'm going to get over this and I know that whatever's causing this it's going to be taken care of and and no matter what I'm going to feel and and I'm going to do my best to to have a great day. And that's kind of what makes me keep going and I know that when something else happens to me it's
2: another teaching experience for me to share with other people because you do learn and then you share it yes and and I love part of what I love to do is when I find someone like this is to put them in touch with people who can truly help them and so I look forward to doing that with you um so that you can get totally well and but it's amazing what you've done already and how far you've come. And you do share your information in the community all the time. Yes. And that is just wonderful. Now if people want to reach you, they go to happy tree for you. Oh, oh, okay. Happy Tree Yoga for the number four. The number
3: four you and you
2: on Facebook. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then if they want to email you HappyTreeYogaForAll@gmail.com at gmail.com. For? The number the four? number four, A-L-L. A-L-L. Okay, dot com. And she has wonderful yoga classes, and a lot of them are very simple. And you have all different sizes of people in there mm-hmm. helping them get well. Yes. And you have the even the nutrition classes that you do to help them. I've yes, you do that.
3: if you're a member of the studio, which is the Unlimited Practice, if you're on the Unlimited Monthly, um, I give free nutrition consultations to people. So you don't have Have to pay me for me to tell you my advice because I'm not certified in nutrition. But I am knowledgeable enough to help you and guide you if you need my help. So I think, well, why not just share it? I don't want to charge you for it. I want to give you that gift. Since it was given to me,
2: then I want to share it with you. And it's exciting to watch people get well you know, and get energy back and get a smile and a smile on their face and a skip in their step. I mean, it's so invigorating to, to be a part of that. I just thank you so much for telling your story. And we want you, if you would like to get this information from Carla, to just contact her or contact me at ablivingwell at gmail, gmail.com. And if you'd like to coach or counsel with me and do life coaching, is my office, and we will get back to you. So you guys have a great day. I encourage you to try some of these things if you have anxiety or any of the issues that Carla's gone through. And definitely, go to a yoga class. Watch yoga on YouTube. Try it out. Learn the breathing and the stretching, and it'll change your life. Don't you think? Yes. 100%. it will. So in the meantime, we'll see you next week when we have... Um, the King Corn people on to tell all about why they went on this journey to learn all about our corn today and where it goes. So until then, live well.
1: Thank you again for joining us. Living Well with Ann Beal airs live every Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait to see you again next week.